just they just they're paying you to catch fish and that's all that matters their skill level has nothing to do with it which is insane it's like the, if, even yeah. if they don't listen even if they don't know anything of that yeah. they're still supposed to catch fish well yeah absolutely <laughs> and, if they, and if they don't it's your fault right yeah it's but i mean dealing like the stuff that i've learned from guiding is gnarly like dealing with different people and how and how to relate and like how people learn some people need to be shown some te- some people just need to watch you like i had a guy the other day that he watched me fish for like 10 minutes i caught four or five fish and he literally did everything that i did yeah like no issues but then there's people like today the guys wanted to like bring the rod back so far on a roll cast that they lost all their power before they even i mean it was touching the water behind them they're flexing their wrist and it's so aggravating because they were so into it but they wouldn't stop and just get the <laughs> get it right you know what i mean yeah so it's like oh that's and i think that for me it would be hard to fish so you're like you said you're fishing with these people and they they have their primary job is to catch fish right that's their goal yeah could be a huge fish. It could be, yeah, maybe and, you switch chairs. That's a squeaky yeah. one. And sometimes, like, sometimes it's okay. Because, like, most of our people, it's not a destination place. Yeah. So they're like, oh, fly fishing, that'd be fun. Yep. And a lot of them aren't going to, but because the fishing is so good, you know, they wouldn't have been lifelong fishermen. But because they had such a good experience the first time, now they come back and buy a, you know, a rod. Absolutely. And, like, Tinkara those people that don't get to go out has came so far for those people because they learn the drift they learn casting they learn fighting and then when you add a western rod to the deal they already know all the rest of that stuff right they just got to strip and mend so it's you find a challenge to teach them how to strip and stuff and to manage that line everything everything at the same time yeah so nothing is hard but when you put it all together yeah it's really like for some people and some people just get it Sure. But a lot of our people have never even fished. Like we catch That's probably fish. most of your people, right? Probably probably 60 or 70% have never even fished before. Okay. Probably 90% have never fly fished before. So, I don't know. It would it will be a challenge for me to... It's like you... I like to fish, right? I like to fish with people that I like. Right, right. <laughs> so but you can, but you can choose fit, that. Yes, you, yeah, yeah. You can. Yes. You know what I mean? For the most part. I mean, there's No, that's probably, what I'm saying. I yeah, can. Yeah. I can fish with whoever I want. I don't have to fish with people if I don't want to fish with them, you know? Right. Someone can say, hey, you want to go fish? I'm like, mm, not really. Kid's sick, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Someone calls you and says, I want to go fish, and you say, what day? Right, you have to. You have to. You know, and I would... And I would have a hard time with that. And, like, most of the people, like, like today I had three people. It, it's so hard with three people to give an, in four hours, a half-day trip, yep. to get them enough attention that, like, my goal is to get them, if they want to do it, and these guys wanted to do it on their own, like, to, just to get them the basics at least. But with three people, we ended up fishing one at a time, and I had the other guys right next to me. And that guy's mistakes, these guys learn, hopefully, and that's the only way you can do it. If you have all three people, you have somebody tangled all the time, somebody's got a fish on, but you're holding the middle of a tangle, and you, you know what I mean? So it's not, 
So, so you just alternate fish then, or what do you do? Yeah, so we did. We alternated fish for like the first 15, and then after that, I kind of let the guys, you know, well, one of them, one of them was super. He really liked Tenkara because it was simple, um, and he's gonna go like you know Smoky Mountain stuff, so it's small or whatever. So he kind of did his own thing, and then when he got one, I would run down there. And then the other guy really liked streamers, so he was just chucking, you know, here to the door. Okay. So that was okay, because he had, he had back room, but if he moved it all, there's a tree on both sides, yeah. or if he changed his angle, you know, but there's just so many fish, it didn't matter. Like, we moved, we fished three spots in four hours, and nobody ever said a word, like, hey, you want to see some more, you know, <laughs> See hole? some different water, yeah, We sure. went up to the chute at Sheridan. Uh-huh. You could count. 50 fish like if you took a snapshot there'd be 50 fish in oh it. that's crazy it's, <laughs> but then you're on the wall and like it's not it's fly fishing but it's you know so you, you try to you try to blend all that like they want to be brad pitt yeah but that's concrete <laughs> but they want to catch all those fish but you can't make it like you can't make everybody happy you know so, so yeah anyway. oh i hear you i hear you and and with the three people it would be a challenge too be like you said, you can't let them all. Well, you could let them all fish at the same time, I guess. But but they'd be so far apart be that crazy. they'd be learning the worst of the habits. You know what I mean? As long as they get it right, sure. they get that they're going to learn more from from watching and sure. And, and like I told them, I was just like, "Here's the deal: we're going to go catch a ton of fish, but we got to do it my way. And you'll catch a, you'll catch more fish than you'll ever believe you're going to catch today if you listen and you watch. And that was it. That's all they needed." So, and they were, I mean, they were super cool about it, and they didn't, they didn't complain or nothing. But they're all from Louisiana, so, like, they wanted to, like, oh, we could do speckled trout like this. It's just like, well, that's a whole different, if you want to do speckled trout, we got to, we got to leave here. We got to go to a, a lake, you know, we got to stand on a dock so you can cast. And they were just like, ah, oh, this is fine. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so. So, what's the day today, anyway? I need to do this properly. What's the date? June twenty seventh. It is, it is Thursday, June twenty seventh, two thousand nineteen. It's about six thirty p.m. I'm here with Sean Lazat. Do you remember the day? You, do you remember the first time we met? Yeah, Easter. What was what? What were you doing that day? <laughs> I was fishing. I had a fun day that day, uh, and I didn't even know. I didn't know you were a guide. Nope. You know that? No, and I remember, the, the funniest thing I remember about that is that I broke my glasses that morning, and so all the pictures of me that you took had poindexter tape <laughs> between my glasses. Um, and I know, I didn't say anything about that, because I didn't know you. <laughs> well, it was, I didn't want to be a jerk. Or, was, it, was it on Easter? It was, it was, well, I don't think it was on Easter. I think it was or the that, day before or something? Uh, yeah. It was a weekend, so I, it was couldn't, that weekend. I couldn't get anything fixed. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was funny. But, but I remember, I remember, I caught, I caught a few fish. I can't remember if you were you fishing below. So I was, I was up above Canyon Lake, or I was just getting, I was getting my gear ready. Right. And you were coming into the parking lot, and you said, "Hey, you want to go fishing?" <laughs> I said, uh, "Sure." I was, well, I was, and, or something. Maybe I was going to go get lunch or something. Anyway, I was like, "Sure, let's go fishing." And then we just walked up, and you said, "I want to show you something." And you showed me that that hole there, that little seam right on the edge there, which I had never, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't very familiar with that area. Sure. I never really fished it very much. 
and you, you said, it doesn't look like there's anything there, but there's fish there. Mm-hmm. And, and nice fish. And it was like right away, right away I hooked into a really nice fish. And then got it in, you took a picture, and you said, that's not the biggest one in there. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then you, and then you stepped, and, I mean, it was like, and then you stepped in and caught a fish, and then I stepped in and caught a fish, and then you stepped in and caught a fish, and you caught, you caught a really nice fish. I don't know, 22, 23-inch rainbow or something. Solid. It was a really nice fish. And then we went down below Pactola and caught nice fish. It was, it was just a lot of fun. And I don't remember when you told me you were a guide. Or when I found out, I I think it was at the end because we started talking about white bass, and you said, "Well, oh. if you ever want to know the white bass report," I said, "Well, I'd really like to bring some people over, just to have like a day trip, then go catch." And you're like, "Well, let me know." Sure. He's yeah. like, "What do you mean, bring some people over?" <laughs> Why? Well, I was really surprised that you would just go up and say, "Hey, you want to go fishing?" And you, I don't know if you treated it like a guy. It, it felt like I was being guided. You're like, just cast it right there and then mend it. <laughs> And then wait, and yeah. then there's going to be a fish on, and that was, and that it was really fun. It was really fun for me. I'd never, I'd never been with a guide, or I'd never fished with a guide before. Sure. So it was, it was a cool experience. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it doesn't do me any good to walk by people, like even like today, it doesn't do me any good to walk by people that aren't catching fish, to just snub them and say, you know, well, we didn't catch any either, you know, it doesn't do, any, it doesn't do any good. It doesn't. It does nothing. So I'll ask them, how are you doing? Are you fishing deep enough? If they didn't catch anything, are you fishing deep enough? You know, and they usually got three foot between the indicator and the fly. And it's just like, well, triple that and then start from there. You know, because you got to get down where they are. And that's probably the biggest Absolutely. thing that I see. So where are you from? I'm from Rapid City. You grew up out here? Yep. Born and raised. Have you always fly fished then? Um, How'd you get into that? <laughs> so my my dad was they were always supportive of what I wanted to do, and he was a spinning rod guy, and and did it for me, because when I got old enough to fish by myself, he wasn't like he didn't want nothing to do with it. So he was always super supportive, always take me fishing, and I got a fly rod when I was like twelve ish. Um, fishing downstream in Rapid Creek because that's like I didn't have anybody that taught me how to cast and then realistically about a year year before I started guiding uh, I was working on the road on a power line crew and took a little break and fished a lot I fished more than all the guys in the fly shop and I went full circle from downstream to upstream roll casting bugs all that stuff it was two probably 200 days of craziness and then that next spring Hans asked me if I wanted to guide and I thought about it like I thought about it before and I wasn't sure that I wanted to watch people fish for a living (laughs) and it's a tough it's a it's a tough way to think about it but everybody said you have the coolest job ever and it is it's super sweet but I don't fish and if I do, it's a demonstration, you know, to show them how it's done. Catch a 24-inch brown. <laughs> oh, God. That's horrible. Demonstration. <laughs> yeah, they like to sit behind rocks like that. Oh, dang it. Oops. So how did you meet the guys from the fly shop? Did you, did, you, did you just go into the fly shop because you were interested in fly fishing and yep. kind of got to know those guys? 
Yeah, so Archibellus was really limited. She, Shields had made the switch um, over to the new store and they just didn't carry what they used to. Um, so I went in and I just kind of hung around. I think I hung around enough to figure out that's what I wanted to do, talking to Hans, you know, on a every day or every other day. I think he just got tired of seeing me, and if he knew <laughs> if he hired me, he, I'd be in the shop less. <laughs> but did he? Did you ever go fishing with Hans? Not until, not until I fished with Ryan a little bit, um, and he really opened my eyes to to the in town stuff because I had fished the same stretch. Like I didn't even know we could go to the golf course, you know, because it's. It's a golf course. Absolutely. He's just like, oh, this guy came into the shop today and he's catching all kinds of fish. Let's go. I was like, really? Okay. But so he's been. I mean, he's been working here since he was thirteen. So he had me. You know, he was already way above the game. So I had to catch up. (laughs) But I did a lot of fishing. (laughs) So then, was it hard for you to get in with these guys? Was it hard for you to come in and kind of? ask questions about fly fishing? No, not at all. Um, all the guys in the shop were super, super helpful. Um, and I didn't get to see most of the most of the guides. Like, Dave was always guiding, you know, through the summer. So I really didn't get to know him until pretty much after I started working. We had to guide together. Um, but all the rest of the guys are super helpful. And, like, you could ask the worst question. And I had them order me in some stuff. Um, that I saw on a video on YouTube, and it's super helpful stuff, but they didn't, like, they didn't carry it, so I had them order me in, and it turned out that it wasn't as useful <laughs> as I thought it was, so now sure. it's still a running joke that they still carry it, <laughs> just in case. Uh, <laughs> do you remember your first guide trip? I do, actually. Uh, the first one was... Um, he was a pharmacist from here, uh, just starting to get into it, and he went full bore and ordered everything he possibly could, uh, high-end stuff, and so he had really high expectations on how he wanted to to learn, and I ended up guiding him a few times, um, but then he just, like, as soon as he learned, he went and did his own thing, and we don't, we don't hear from him anymore. My second most memorable trip in the beginning. I had two ladies who were super cool. I mean, they were they were just talkative, and usually ladies are a little bit quieter because, you know, with the man sport type of deal. And they were just, they just want to catch some fish and do whatever. Well, within the first 20 minutes of fishing, the lady had the line wrapped around her toe of her boot. She picked up her foot, lost her balance, and fell head first into a creek that was swollen in April and I I mean I I took my pack off and I got in all the way you know past my belly button and pulled her up to the shore and it was cold like we were wearing coats so I said oh I'll just take your waders off Um, and she ended up laying on the hill facing up and draining all the water or draining all the water out and she fished the rest of the trip but when she wrote she wrote her number and her name down uh, so I could send the pictures in her email. I couldn't understand what she was writing. She was so cold. It was just, it was crazy. And then she ended up coming back 
with her two nephews like six or seven years later. And I had no idea, you know, I, I'd, I'd already forgotten. She's like, you don't remember me, do you? And I said, no. I said, should I? She goes, I bet you do. And so she's, she said, I'm the one that fell in. I was like, oh my, I still talk about you. <laughs> so she didn't fall in that time uh, and she did really good. So, but that, that moment with her catching those fish at the beginning of her, she wanted her nephews to see that and to know, and they came all the way here from like Missouri to do it. So pretty cool. See, that's gotta be rewarding. Oh, very much so. Cause you know that, I mean, that's a, obviously an indelible, indelible memory for her. Mm -hmm. And she's obviously telling people about it. You yep. were a part of it. <laughs> you, know, you didn't push her in or anything, no. but you pulled her out. Well, <laughs> uh, and you, you, you showed her to a fun day anyway. Sure. And she's still obviously thinking about that. And well, yeah, you know, and she doesn't she doesn't fly fish, but but when I think the older one graduated, and she brought both of them on the trip, this was the first place that she thought of that they would we got to hit, got to hit the Black Hills. So I mean, that's that's pretty sweet. I mean, the word the word is getting out a little bit, I think, mm -hmm. because uh, you know I was in the shop today. And people from Pennsylvania in there, and another Southern accent I heard in there. I didn't yep. know where he's from, but he had a Southern accent. Yep. And how? I guess so. This is your home water. It is. And as a guide, your your guys is your business depends is dependent upon people coming in and fishing, and then you know building that relationship and trying sure. to get them to buy stuff from the shop. And but there's always you're, <laughs> you you want. Yeah, you want you want people to come here and fish. Yeah, does that does that is that hard for you at being your home water and knowing how good it is here? It's really hard to explain, but when when somebody comes here and respects when they respect what you have, it means so much more to me. Knowing that you know, this is in my backyard. I mean, we can't fish Rapid Creek right now, but I can I can see the trees next to the creek out the window. And people will come back just to fish inside a rapid. Well, that's, I mean, not very many places you say that. They have all this beautiful black hills, and they want to fish in town, you know. So I don't really mind. I got a little worried with, with like, the, the couple TV shows that were done, um, The Outdoor Life. I just didn't want it to get so bad that, that other people couldn't enjoy it. I want everybody to be able to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like everybody talks about Colorado being so busy with so many people. Like, I don't want that, but I want everybody that does come to have a good experience while they're here, you know? So it's, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, we show people where to fish every day, and that's, that's our job. I mean, there's, nothing, there's no way around it. We don't have any private water that they can't go back to. Everything is completely public. And if they want to go back there tomorrow, um, they can. And we might see them. And I've, and I've seen them. I've seen clients the next day doing the exact same thing. And you can't blame them. I mean, that's what they're in there for. So, Well, it's guys do that everywhere else, too. You know, you go out to the Bighorn. Some guys get a guide for the first day. Mm -hmm. Let's find out what they're eating. And let's find out how to present to yeah. it. And then they fish 
three more days yeah. <laughs> without their guide uh, in the same, trying, you know, they go, oh, let's go to that hole again, let's go to that hole again. It's hard not to do that, I would say, you know. Especially on intimidating water. And ours isn't so intimidating. I mean, it, if it looks like it has a fish, more than likely there's a fish there. Now, if you can entice him into, you know, eating a fly, that's one thing. And just, you know, depth, like, like we said before, depth is probably the biggest thing that people neglect is they don't get quite deep enough. And those fish don't have to travel to eat. If that's not in their feeding lane, they'll look at it and go back because they know in another five seconds they can open their mouth and grab the next nymph. You know, so, but a lot of people, I see a lot of people fishing dry flies in flooded, flooded water, and that's awesome to, to cast a dry fly, but I haven't seen a rise in most of our creeks. Spearfish I did, but most of our creeks are not even, they couldn't catch one. It's moving so fast right now. So, so you try, I mean, you try to help them out as much as you can. But like when I'm on a guided trip, I can't stop and help those people because I want to. Just because I know if they catch fish, you know, they'll be in the shop. It's furthering everything. So sometimes it's kind of hard, but. What's one thing about guiding that you didn't know at the beginning that you wish you did know? Um, probably the probably the thing I struggle with the most is it's okay it's okay to not catch as many fish as I do. And that was a that was a hard lesson. And I know I called Hans a couple times and said, man, I don't know if I can do this. You know, they only caught three or four fish and, and it's just, and Hans would be like, well, were they happy? I'm like, yeah, they're happy, but like, I caught 15 yesterday. <laughs> and he's just like, well, you know, they don't fish as much as you do. So that was, that was really hard because you want everybody to experience it, it's hard to explain. For people that, that fly fish, they understand. It's almost like a euphoria for that split second that you have that fish before he gets in the net. And people that don't, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that I guide that there's, the husband's super into it and the wife's coming along because she has to. And all of a sudden she's the one that says, says honey, I need, I need to get a rod. I, I want to do this. And he's looking at me like I just ruined his life. He doesn't get to do anything alone anymore. And she's just like, you know. But I always explain it. If if she wants to go, you're probably going get, to get to go more places. <laughs> Absolutely. That's more fishing time for you, right. right? And the women tend to listen a little bit more. Um, they don't overthink it and they don't overpower it, which is a big thing in fly fishing. You can't overpower them. Let the rod do the work. Yeah, you know. And then... The guys will see that, especially if they're not listening as well. And they'll see that, you know, their wife caught three or four fish more than they did. What do I need to change? You know, and I've had a lot of guys say, you know, you just worry about her. And then she gets four fish ahead. And he's just like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Which is good. I mean, that's just a part of them. That's a part of them, you know, accepting that they need to change a little something. And it's usually not much. You know, a little, a little heavier, a little longer cast, or a little bigger mend, a little fuller mend, and, and they got it. But if you make them both happy, they're probably going to keep doing it. So I guess who's your, uh, your who's your favorite person to fish with? Oh, 
I got to be careful here. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. So my fiance, um, Kendra. <laughs> really you had to say it, right? Really, yeah, oh yeah, I had to. Of course you did. Uh, really likes to fish. Um, she wasn't going to do it as much as she like as she would like to. Why is that? Um, with any with any hobby, you make you make time for it, and the more time that you can make, the better you're going to get. She really likes to fish. She literally likes catching fish, but she doesn't understand that she's had it the, her whole fishing career. She's fished with a guide, <laughs> and she like she knows it, but she doesn't understand it. So like if if she goes out, she'll watch. She'll catch a couple, and then she'll watch me, and and she almost gets bitter because she she could do that. Uh huh. <laughs> um. So but while watching her, I mean, she's caught some huge fish. Uh, she cut a giant, giant pike. She wanted to go out to one of the lakes and practice casting a a big rod, and so she was casting a, I want to say a nine weight. And I was watching her, you know, and her she's got a little bit pushing a little bit hard. <clears throat> the fly lands on the water. She does about three strips, and she's she's casting on this point, so there's nothing she can snag. And she's looking at me, and I'm just like, yeah, keep stripping, you know. And all of a sudden, her, her hand stops in the middle of her strip, and everything gets tight, and she looks at me, and I'm just like, strip! <laughs> and that, that fish was almost 40 inches. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was that her first pike? Yeah. Oh, come and on. She couldn't hold it. She couldn't hold it in front of her. Um, and I just bought her a, a brand new coat, brand new Sins coat. And she couldn't hold it in front of her, so she bear hugged it. And, and the head is just giant. Um, that is awesome. So yeah, she's she's spoiled. How'd you guys how'd you guys meet? Oh gosh. Long story. Uh oh. So I used to have a I used to have a really cool truck. I had a low rider, big wheels, the opposite of what I have now. Um a high rise tundra. <laughs> right. So um I can't remember where I was driving to, but I got honked at and I looked and there's a girl hanging out the window waving. And it was red and it had chrome wheels and, you know, whatever. So a couple of weeks later, I heard another honk. And it was they were next to me going the same way. And her friend was like, pull over. And so literally, I pulled over in the parking lot. And she goes, your truck is awesome. <laughs> I was just like, oh, thanks. Appreciate that, you know. And she's younger. So like at this time, I think she was 18. This is Kendra. Right, this is Kendra. She was 18, and I'm, you know, I'm in my mid-20s, and I'm just like, no, no, that's <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> um, so then we kind of lost touch. Like, we didn't hang out or anything. We kind of lost touch, and then I came back from working on the road a couple, five years later, and she was working in a subway at that time. And I said, hey, aren't you... <laughs> And she goes, yeah, hey, are you back? Well, turns out that I worked with her brother and never knew it, never put it together. And so um, I had gotten in a really bad car wreck, a rollover on the interstate, and got ejected. Um, that was 2008. Walked away, walked away from it. I had some scratches on my back. And she was the first person I thought about 
when I figured out that I was okay. I mean, I broke my glasses, lost a watch, you know, um, middle of Wyoming, 80 mile an hour. Yeah, not good. So, but she was the first one I thought about, and I thought, that was kind of weird. Like, I don't want to. So when I got back to town, um, when I got back to my truck, I drove up there, and I mean, I still had blood on my shirt, you know what I mean? And I just said, you know, I got in a really bad wreck. And she was super, you know, super worried about me. I said, do you want to go hang out sometime? I just knew that there was something about her. It was, it was just something about her that I had to, I had to figure it out. And then I had to talk to her brother, of course, and, you know, make sure that was okay. <laughs> but, but then after that, I think I saw her every single day for like two years. It was just super cool. And we're like, we're inseparable now. She fishes with me. When I was doing my trapping thing, she would ride the sled behind the snowmobile and go trap bobcats and, you know, all that stuff. Doesn't matter. Ice fishes. She now archery hunts with me. Um, she shot multiple deer. Um, she loves it. She elk hunted with me last year as much as she possibly could. And she would, she would get up early in the morning and go elk hunting and then go to work at noon. Like it was, it was, you know, that's a ridiculously, we're getting up at four o'clock in the morning and she doesn't get off until, you know, 10 o'clock at night, but she didn't care. She loves it. So, so how did you get her out on the water for the first time then? Or had she, was she an angler before no. you guys met? So her parents are, they love camping and stuff, um, but they're okay, you know, dangling a worm over the side of the boat. Um, so she did that, you know, and, and shore fishing, you know, that kind of stuff. But I told her when, when we started getting real serious, I said, here's the deal. I hunt and I fish. And if you want to spend more time with me, you should do that too. And it, it kind of blew her back because her, not, not a whole lot of her family hunts. You know, it's, it's just something that they did. Eh, didn't get anything or, you know, shot something. It wasn't a big deal. Like they didn't live and breathe it and trail cameras and all that stuff. Sure. So. When I told her that, you can almost just see something click. And now she's, I don't know, she's shot five or six deer, um, a couple of, you know, decent bucks, stuff like that. And she puts her, she goes and checks trail cameras, does her own. Because, you know, after a while, you, you can't help them that far. So I made her do her own stuff. You know, she, she picked her own tree stand location and she picked a, the the year of atlas she picked the best spot i i wouldn't even it just blew me away and we had thousands of pictures of these big bucks and so we sat in the tree stand for like the first couple of days and she passed up deer and then atlas hit and it we went from 800 to 1000 pictures on trails in that one camera to 11 in 2 weeks all those trees had fell and got knocked over and it, those deer changed where they were. And she was devastated and she didn't even want to hunt. So, but she got back on the, she got back on the bandwagon. We found a new spot after all the snow melted and all that stuff. And she ended up shooting a, she shot a big muley doe that year that was probably bigger body size than some of my muley bucks. Really? <laughs> it's huge. Dang. Oh, it was huge. And she loved it. So. So, uh, 
When did you guys go fishing for the? F Do you remember your first fishing day with her? I don't. No. Probably. I'm sure it was probably in town somewhere. Um, we fished a lot. But she was in. She town. was into it. I mean, she yeah, had, she, was she enjoyed it. it. Yep. And she struggled. Um, what I really should have did was probably had one of the guys here teach her because you're you know when you're teaching your significant other, it's different. Yeah. And you're just a. You're just a meanie head for saying, don't bring your rod back that far for the thousandth time that day. <laughs> you know, but when somebody else says it, oh, yeah, right to here? Okay, sounds good. You know? So <laughs> she, uh, and again, she she took to Tenkara because she could do it. She was very effective. And she fishes by herself. I know last year she fished a lot by herself because I was so busy guiding. But she would call me or send me a text with a picture of you know, a nice brown trout in town, and I'm up in, like, Spearfish Canyon saying, why did I drive all the way up here again? I, yeah. <laughs> An hour away. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should have been here. <laughs> um, so she really, I mean, that was that was kind of the deciding factor, is, is she can do Tinkara, but then if she has to pull out the western fly rod, she absolutely, she'll do it. It, it takes her a little bit to get back into it, but she loves it. When are you guys getting married? 2028. Oh, no, cool. I, don't, I don't really don't know. <laughs> I tell I tell everybody that because we that's uh, it was eleven years that we were together before I proposed. So, you know what? What's, what's the hurry? What's, yeah, what's another couple what's of ten hurry? years, a decade? She's not pushing you, right? No, no. She well, she went from I just want a ring to then when she got a ring, then let's just set a date. And so I was just like, well. It can't be, <laughs> can't be May, April, you know, June, July, August, September, a lot of blackout October, dates. November. <laughs> so I was like, January? How's that? Then I was like, hold on, mountain lions in January, can't do that. But we'll end up, I don't know, it'll happen. It's, you just want it to be perfect. Like her, her engagement ring has Elkhorn in it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you had band. it custom made or yeah, what? The band is, is Elkhorn. So, and then she got me, she got me a ring, so I guess everybody else knows. <laughs> but mine's got, mine's got deer horn in it, so it's pretty cool. cool. Oh, yep. that's neat. You bet. So what do you like most about fishing with her now? That I can walk away and, and she's okay with that. Like, You I can go know. do your own thing? Yeah, and I can go do my own thing. Or even in the boat. Like, if she is a bad tangle or something, I don't have to go back and fix everything, or she doesn't just hand it forward like she used to and, like, let me deal with it right in the middle of a casting. Here, here, hold this. <laughs> let me, give me, give me your rod. Right. <laughs> Trade. <laughs> that, that's cool. So, uh, your, your dad never fly fished, right? He, he never. Did. Or he did fly fish. He did a little bit, but he mostly did it just because I wanted to go fishing. Uh, he had a buddy that he worked with that was really into fly fishing, and we went with him a couple times. We went to a couple seminars. Um, um, God, what's his name? Gary, Gary Borger. Is that his name? The guy from Montana? Anyway. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know. We went to a couple of those seminars fly tying and fly fishing seminars. And I was like 12, 13 years old, so I had no clue that it was 
you know, he was pulling out materials that I'd never even seen in South Dakota. Yeah. Or, or that could probably even get at that time. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But he was always super supportive. And like now, he's fished with me a few times. The one I, I can really get him to go fishing is when we're hunting and it's the midday lull, I can get him to go fishing. And we went up to Deerfield last year, oh, two years ago, and caught lake trout from the shore um, that they put in there. And he was okay with that because they were all 26 inches plus. So he was cool with that. But he doesn't want to go, he doesn't want to go to Spearfish Canyon and fish the fast water lake. I really want to. <laughs> do, you fit, do you still fish conventional gear then? I do. Uh, I got away from it for a long time, kind of turned into a purist. And then I had a couple of buddies that were super into bass fishing and I just never, I'd never done well enough on bass to ever want to pursue it. And they got me into it and then we caught um, a lot of pike, unconventional stuff. So then I kind of switched over. So now I have a, I own a bass boat. I own a thousand different lures <laughs> and I even airbrush my own lures now because I was tired of paying the absurd amount of money for nine bucks a piece for or, ridiculous. or even more for those so, bigger ones. So I started airbrushing and that was an investment to start with, but pretty cool. You're still into that. I kind of forgot you did that, yeah. but I remember I, I bought a bunch of ink for you one day. <laughs> well, yeah. I bought like $200 worth of ink for you. You bet. <laughs> hey, have, hey is, is there a Hobby Lobby in Pier? <laughs> I need you to do me a favor. Well, they were clearancing it. <laughs> they were. Yeah, it was like a buck a piece. Yeah, it was six, I think they were $6.99 to $8.99 a bottle, <laughs> and it was like $1.49 a, yeah. uh, a bottle when you went and got it for me. Yep, yep. The crazy thing about that was walking in and getting it from your wife. <laughs> <laughs> she was like in a meeting and I didn't want to like, you know, bother her. And she comes out and she hands me these two heavy bags and the lady's like leaned forward and are watching me and I hand her some money. <laughs> and she was like, turns around, she goes, oh, it's ink. He airbrushes. <laughs> oh, it's, it's okay. So I was just like, oh my God. Think you're doing something. Uh, there's a weird <laughs> transaction yeah. going on you out here. You got the goods? Yeah. <laughs> you got the stuff? Here. Here. <laughs> got the cash. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's. Do you do you do you sell your lures or you just use them? No, like I've sold a few to local guys. It's kind of I don't know. It's a little different than fly tying because you just you know you're gonna lose them, but when you spend that much time airbrushing, you know it's, it gets a little. And I actually entered a contest in April. There was uh, twenty, I think twenty five hundred people in the group and like I don't remember what it was like 1300 or whatever made it and I won dude yeah. seriously so yeah that was cool. this year yep oh that that's was that, awesome that was that pumpkin seed that I painted so it's like a thousand dollars worth of you know prizes and and paint and spray booth and airbrush and compressor and all that stuff is super cool where but, was that where was that contest out of uh Facebook Oh, it's just, just an online contest. Yeah. So I think the whole group now has almost 10,000 members. Um, but it's just all guys that paint or that want to paint or that want to buy lures that people, you know, like custom stuff. Because a lot of guys make them from scratch. I just buy the blanks and then paint them. You don't so. actually form the, the wood and, no. you know, shave it down and everything, sand it and get no, it ready. No, I don't have that. There's a lot of them that do it. Yeah. And it's a, like the balsa stuff is a, 
is a, is a whole different market that's just insane. And guys will easily pay $30 for a big deep diving bolsa, you know, bait, and they love it. Um, but I, it's just, it's just more of a, I want to use everything. And if I spent that much time, God, if you get it snagged on something, I would just drive Diving in. in. <laughs> right? <I'm going. laughs> right? Get the scuba gear out. <laughs> See, I dive in after a fly, so I can't imagine what it would be like to dive in after, or sure. to get snagged with something like that. I would, I, I would my, certainly have the scuba gear, gear along. I lost my first swim bait the other day, which isn't a big deal. It's a couple hours of painting. You know, they're not super expensive, but it's an eight inch trout swim bait, and it snagged. And I must have had a faulty knot because the first time I tried to pull it loose, it just came slack. And I knew it was deep enough that I wasn't going to, you know, even if I could dive down that deep, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you thought about it, though. Oh, I did. You bet. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to, you know, the fish gods. And then after that, we actually caught a bunch of smallies. So maybe it was, a, maybe it was like a sacrifice to the fish gods. <laughs> Let there be fish. Right. There you go. So, most memorable fishing trip that oh. you've been on so far? Um, probably. Well, <laughs> yeah. You got a couple going through your head? Yeah, so during Sturgis, uh, four or five years ago, we used to, every year during Sturgis, we would go somewhere. We'd go to Wyoming. Your family? Uh, no, was um, the first time I went with Ryan. We went to the Wind River, uh, Thermopolis, and we caught some giant. We fished in the canyon, which is on a reservation, so you need another license. And we went through all the steps to fish it, and it's super steep. Like you take your lunch down there because you're not going to come back up again. Uh, especially for me, I'm not <laughs> like Ryan was, just wiry, but. <laughs> We caught some giant fish, and the next year, me and Kendra went back, and we fished the North Fork of the Tongue and, and caught. We actually were going to stay the night there, but we caught so many fish that we just went to Thermopolis from there and just said, we're good. Like, it doesn't, tomorrow's not going to be any better. So we went to Thermopolis, and, and she caught some huge rainbows on, like, size two dry flies. And, these, and it's clear enough that the fish would come up from like six foot down and it's like a slow motion, just slurp. And she farmed like the first four. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even get close to it and she would already set the hook. Like they didn't even have it. <laughs> so I said, you gotta, you just gotta wait. Using big like Chernobyls or grasshoppers? Um, I wanna say they're like, it's like a, it would be like a double stack Chernobyl. Yeah but black with a red body, and they were just giant. Like stuff we'd never, Ryan bought them the year before because he we just didn't have dry flies like that at the shop here. They were ginormous, bigger than like, they're like salmon fly size. And he's like, well, that, I think that'd be cool. What are, so, these fish, what are these fish taking those for? They're just looking for big stuff. I don't know. I mean, okay. Well, we caught them on mice. Oh, okay. Um, we so they're them. big, you're, they're big rainbows. Yeah, they're all, all, Almost everything we caught was 20 inches plus. And a couple of the, like the big brown I caught was like 26. Oh my gosh. Yeah, just big. And that was on a streamer, but I will, I, I didn't have the right, I needed a sink tip. Cause it's, I mean, they whitewater raft that canyon. 
and I went there with a floating line and I actually had to extend out my leader so I could get my fly a little deeper because the fish would chase it for a second, but yeah. it was just going so fast you couldn't they couldn't catch give it. up. Or they just yeah, they just wasn't worth their time. Yep. Once I got a sink tip the next year when I went back with Kendra it was a whole nother <laughs> cup of tea. Yeah, that was cool. And then we swung uh, we swung some streamers on uh, spay rods and caught some. Ryan caught I struggled a little bit with the casting and then Ryan came up and did his first cast and swung it and hooked a fish and it actually blew up the the bower reel, blew up the cork drag on it. It was so, they're so big. That's but amazing. not everybody's going to be able to do it. Like Kendra had a, she wasn't very happy with me. She had a close encounter with a rattlesnake jumping from boulder to boulder and right in between was all the, when the high water was there, it put all the sticks uh, in there. And that snake was laying right on top of that. And she jumped over it, and he buzzed. And I went first, and he didn't buzz at me. And I didn't see him. And then she jumped over it, and he buzzed. And she had my, my waiting staff. And so I just hooked him and flipped him up on the, you know, because we were going to have to come back down that way. So I thought, well, maybe. So I put him off of the rocks anyways. I don't know how he got. I mean, it was, we were jumping, so I don't know how, how he got How would he get up, up there? there? I don't know. So she was not happy, and she's not a snake person at all and she was not happy with me so the rest of the time was she looked like she was you know doing the blind walk because she was just <laughs> slapping the ground in front of her with the staff <laughs> right yeah yeah so like come on there's nothing i'm walking in front of you like, yeah you walked in front of me before when that happened like, yeah oh, good point good point well there's snakes around here too though she's got to you know, kind of be she's got to be aware that that's sure. just going to happen sometimes. and you have you have waiters on um, which gives you a false security, but you hear like both people getting bit in waders that didn't touch them, and you see them, you hear about them getting bit, like when it's on their knee, you know, and it's tight, they can get through that. So, Absolutely. Ugh. I've been bitten once when I had waders on, this was when I was in high school, and it didn't pierce my skin at all, so I got lucky. It didn't. It doesn't feel good though. It doesn't. Oh, just the oh, thought of it was. Oh, like, <laughs> I, w- I jumped out of those waders, man. Right? I was. Oh, it was yeah. something else. And then I, f- I mean, you come across them in a pier all the time. Just and then I was doing the jump from rock to rock. I was catching carp up on Oahu, jumping from rock to rock. Jumped down. Was gonna make a cast. Started buzzing right between my legs, in between the rocks. There he was looking at me. And you can't move. I mean, there's no. I many... just. I jumped out of the way. I. Sure. I just got away as fast as I could and. He just kept buzzing. You didn't, you didn't pin him down with your fly rod, pick him up, move him <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> Give him a little kiss and then mm-hmm. put him back in his little home. See, catch dude. and release. Catch photo release. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, I didn't do that. But that's just a part of it. Around, yeah, you know, yeah, we don't see him here. a whole lot. Yeah. I saw a couple last year. And then Ryan, I know Ryan saw a couple. We have some. This year is just bull snakes. And they're giant. Yeah. Like bigger than my forearm. And they, you know, they'll freak you out just as bad when you're not paying attention, you know, and they're huge. <laughs> I love seeing bull snakes, though. That's good. Well, it's if, a good there's of, if there's a lot of bull snakes, there's usually not a lot of rattlesnakes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, do you have a favorite fishing story you tell more than others? Um, I think it was 2000. When did Pier flood? 2011. 2011? So it was 2011. And Pactola was flooded just like it just like it just was. And nobody could put their boats on. 
So we took the drift boat up there and launched in the parking lot. Uh, used a little trolling motor and put it around. Well, everything was so flooded that the pike were up so shallow. And Ryan had had a good day of pike fishing before, before that. And then I think Carl was with us. And he had caught, I think, a couple. And I had, I had just not done good that year and just not caught any. So they were letting me, letting me fish. And so there's all these, these fish that are up suspended, probably six, seven feet of water. And you could cast a fly. And even if you were five feet off, they would turn, come straight to it, and just smoke it. And so the first one came over, and like he came from probably 15 feet, and I did like a strip, strip pause. And he zoomed up there and didn't even hesitate, opened his mouth. I pulled the fly right out. He didn't even get to close it. And everybody's, you know, the people in the campground are up above us. And <laughs> they're all laughing like, oh, you got to buy beer. <laughs> and the guys in the, you know, like Ryan and Carl are just like, oh, geez. <laughs> you know, it's so like, you know, look over and there's another one. And we're talking one cast apart. You're just seeing flip these fish. Over. You're yep. just seeing them suspended on yep. shore. That's crazy. Flipping over. I flip over, roll cast once, pick up. Set it down, he eats it, boom, 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 pulling hard, head shake, comes off. Like, oh, well, I trout set, and you can't, you have to strip set. Like, you just have to. So, like, it was maybe two, two, three casts later, I see another one, and cast to him, and he comes probably 10 feet, eats it, and I don't even lift my, I moved that fish probably 10 feet before I lifted my rod. I did, like, five strips and just (laughs) buried that hook. (laughs) And, you know, we netted it or whatever. And that was the biggest one of that year. But nobody else could, when there was like five boats that already had put in by that time. So nobody else could be on the lake. So you got kayakers, you know, and that kind of stuff. But that wasn't as big as it is now. So maybe a couple people a day and little jumbos. But nobody, like, it was just an untapped deal at that point. And then after we posted the pictures on social media, then it got real crazy. But... That was probably my favorite. And that was uh, 2011, huh? That was 2011. And there's so many. Um, I caught a 30, 38-inch pike on my Tenkara in a creek. In, uh, a, in a Black Hills Creek? Yeah. Yeah. And I made it into the Tenkara. USA actually came out with a book. And in the section where it talks about fighting big fish, is my picture with that with that fish, and it's me doing the typical hold the tin car in your teeth deal and take the picture. It is horrible. <laughs> oh, oh no! It looks so bad. Oh no! Um, you gotta get you gotta get shit for that. Oh uh, yeah, but I was just like, you know, we were just throwing just a, like a woolly bugger type deal, and he 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 came up because there's no sinking line or nothing, and he came up and looked, and then went right back down. And so I, the only thing I had on me was 5X. That was the heaviest I had. I was in guide mode, you know. And so I was like, okay, all right. So I cast it back out there. I put an articulated fly on, a little bigger, and cast it back, and he just smoked it. And the, the back hook hooked him, so the articulated part was out of his mouth, and that's the only way I landed him. Wow. And we just ran up and down. Kendra was with me, and we ran up and down. She ran back to the truck and got the bigger net because I just <laughs> had my little trout net. She ran up and got, and, and it was still probably five minutes after that of running up and down. But because the creek was small enough, he couldn't get too far away from me. 
So we just tired him out and then took the picture. And it was kind of weird letting him go because you know he's going to eat my job security. You did let him go. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I know. And I don't. You regret that? To a point. To a point. But, like, I mean, if you think about it, if some. So, so that creek doesn't have a lot of wild fish. And they supplement stock it. So it's not a, you know what I mean? It's not a big deal. But if a little kid were to catch that on a spinner or something, you know, a week later, that would have made his year. You know what I mean? He would have bragged about it for, and you got to look at it both ways. Um, but that's, I don't regret it, but there's a lot of people that would like, what? You did what? You don't let that go. That's good eating. <laughs> and I don't eat, like, I don't like fish. I don't remember the last time I ate walleye. Like, it's just not big on my deal. Um, seafood, no problem. Snow crab, demolish it. Trout, it just makes me cringe. And that's, that's another pretty hard thing about the whole guiding concept, is like my guys today said, so if we come back here tomorrow, we can keep these fish. <laughs> and I said... <laughs> yeah, you know, and it, and again, it's it's a place where they stock, so they're not, you know what I mean. Like, I always give the term like I don't eat my job security, but it's a lot different when they're when you see a guy that has three rainbow trout that are stockers, and then like a twenty inch brown trout that's six years old, seven years old, wild it's fish, like, oh my, wild, and you just you just, but you can. I mean, it's a it's a struggle. You just got to be okay with it. There's nothing you're going to do. You're not going to change their mind. They're doing it. You know, I always say, yeah, it's probably a six-year-old fish. And they're just like, cool, it's going to taste good. And that's, you know, and that's, that's fine. <laughs> At first, I wasn't okay with it. And my dad gave me a lot of, a lot of guff for that. Because when we used to go, we fished with grasshoppers and clear bobbers, you know. And my grandma and my grandpa loved trout. Just, I mean, that was, there wouldn't be a better Christmas gift than, you know, a bag of frozen trout <laughs> from from August. And it's just like, okay, well, my dad gave me a lot of guff for being that snobby. And it's hard, it's hard. A lot of people can see what, what I mean by the, I don't eat my job security. I've caught multiple fish multiple times. And I guarantee you it's the exact same fish, same spot, same scar here, split fin there, you know. Years apart, and they're always bigger. They never get bigger in a frying pan, you know? So when I say that, a lot of people, oh, okay, yeah. And then they go right back to, but we can keep them tomorrow, right? <laughs> so just, so we're on the same page here. That's right. <laughs> we can actually still keep these fish. I get what you're saying, but sure. I don't care. <laughs> Do you think that pike is still there? Nope. Oh. No, that, it was, well, Dave caught one at the beginning of this year. Ryan caught a couple last year, um, but they were a lot higher up. This was way farther down than normal. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, four miles from the dam, probably. So, I mean, that's a long, I mean, that's a long haul. Hmm. And it was getting warmer, so I'm, I don't, I'm sure he's gone. I'm sure he probably made it to a big hole that dried up and just, you know, went to waste, but. Mm -hmm. Hmm. 
actually, the only fish that I've really killed in the last couple years is when I spearfished. When they got into Pactola, everybody made this huge deal about, oh, they're eating all the trout and they're devastating and get them out of there. And the game fishing parks left, uh, lifted all the restrictions. So we underwater spearfished thinking that God, they're going to ruin our fishery and we put money into this and you know they're going to be in silver city because they're going to run out of the lake you know so we like freaked out i shot an 18 pound pike in like 2000 probably eight or nine thinking that i was doing a good and then the study came out that really the only fish that were I think it was like 45 inches plus were the only ones that were really eating trout when they did the stomach sampling. And then somebody else brought up the fact that, you know, your lake trout that you like so much, they eat a lot of trout too. And I was just like, wow, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so then I felt, you know, then you felt bad. But What'd you do with that big fish? Um, we ate it. Yeah. I had to find, I had to find somebody... Because I didn't want to, I always heard about the Y bones being such a pain. And so uh, I had it in a giant, giant, my guide cooler, pretty much, you know, and trying to keep it cold enough. And so I finally found my buddy that would, and it was so much meat. I mean, it was so fat. Uh, and it was good. <laughs> like, it was surprisingly good. Okay. But I don't, that's just. That's not even top 20 on my favorite things to eat. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a fish guy. No. Just right. no. You, I mean, you, you kill and eat a lot of things. So. I do. <laughs> I do. Yep. I shot an elk on the 20, 25th of October last year, and it was gone uh, by the end of April. So That's a lot of meat. <laughs> that's a lot of meat. Uh, and I just, that's all we did. I mean, we did a little bit of chicken here and there, but we started doing the ceviche. Uh, sous vide cooking with the, with the water bath and it made it like she wasn't a huge fan Kendra wasn't a huge fan of of deer and it's kind of gamey and when you cook it in sous vide like when I would go over and so I would cook like two or three pounds at a time and then I would just take it to take it to work or take it to uh, um, wherever and just put it over rice with a little bit of cumin a little bit of crushed red pepper and I would eat I mean I ate that's what I ate you know hundred pounds of rice you know <laughs> and when I would go over there to bring it out of the pan after searing it and I would cut it she would sneak pieces and I turn around and there'd be like half of it gone <laughs> and she's over there with you know chipmunk cheeks and I was just like I didn't say anything because I you know that's a cool thing when you're not not really raised with wild game and then all of a sudden you eat it and it's good I mean it's that elk was I've had a couple other Good elk steaks, but that was nothing. I elk is hard to beat on any scale. Honestly, it's probably one of the best wild meats you could probably right. get. Well, for us, like the sheep, the sheep guys, sheep is pretty like uh, bighorn and and I have a buddy that goes to British Columbia. Doll sheep. Yep, that's just that's good stuff. Oh, crazy! Really, and a lot of those guys, you know, because it's so expensive to ship all that meat home. They'll do. They'll just tell the the hunter that you know, you just cut my tip in half and give me that meat, and that's a huge deal. You know, like that's that's those guys' you know well being is their tip and all that. Yeah. So, and I'm sure I you know I've had moose a couple times and it's good, but it's just not. And the fact that I 
I hunted that hard. I hunted 24 days in a row. You know, I had multiple bulls in the scope, but I waited 23 years to drop my tag. So it was like I was gonna, I took off the whole month. And then like there's a couple, the fly shop and the archery shop that I work at were not super happy. <laughs> I was just like, guys, I've waited over half of my life <laughs> to do this. I'm going to make it worth it. That's right. So 30, 39 bulls, actually. Yep. 39? So, yep. About 18 of them I literally you know, like was close enough. With were you in a blind or a tree stand? Or no. You were just stalking? Just chasing. That's chasing crazy. And getting in on them. Uh, they were bugling really good for the first, like, 10 days. Oh, the first day. That's the only regret I have in the whole elk season. We woke up, opening day, we woke up late. We were 45 minutes late. When we were leaving rapid, we didn't have to have our lights on. And so, like, I'm in a, I'm in a huff, and Kendra's quiet, you know, because she's just like, wow, this is his first day. He's already messed it up because he's like, <laughs> well, I always wake her up, you know. So, anyways... Driving down the highway, cow runs across the road. And I'm just like, what? I've never seen him here before. It's super weird. And it's in my unit. And I look over to my left, and the whole herd is standing there in big six by six ivory tips. And so I just pull, I just pull right into the next approach, and they're right in front of me. And we got it on video, and Kendra's, you know, filming through the deal, and she's just shaking. I mean, the, the video is just like, and I'm just like, I can't do it like this. I can't. I can't. Right, you're right on the road, right? right? Essentially, like I just, like, it's legal if I were to walk on the other side of that gate right there. Yeah, totally legal, and I, I guarantee I could have because I opened my door, they would look. They just went back, just then, hanging out. They hadn't been shot at. Oh. They didn't even know, you know, it, was, it wasn't hunting season yet. And he was bugling, and I, I would cow call, and he'd bugle. He had the whitest tips, um, shorter beams, but really heavy mass. And I said, I can't. Like it's first day, I can't shoot that one. And I had some game camera pictures of some really giant, you know, stuff. Yeah. Um, a couple other people had sent me locations, like, where they saw it really big, like, once in a lifetime, Black Hills Elk. So I passed him up. I really shouldn't. <laughs> well, I sh no, do, you really, do you really regret that, though? Because... Kind of. Really? Yeah, kind of. You think about the circumstance, though. You're on a road... You yeah. pull over, mm -hmm. it doesn't even care. The craziest thing is that it's every like shooting time, a buffalo in a pen. Right. Every time somebody would drive by, I'd look in my my side mirror and every single one of them had orange on. And I'm just like, Are you guys not like are they not paying attention because there's usually not elk right here? Yeah. And it's I mean it's right next to uh super close to the sugar shack. Really? I mean it's super close. <laughs> and it's like they're just right there. You know? And so huh. and I'd never, you know, I knew that there's elk around there and and that kind of stuff, but I'd never really seen them, you know, after archery season. They just, I don't, I don't know why they don't like them, but they were there that day. Wow. And, but I got to hunt, I was, it was pretty cool. I got to hunt with my dad. Uh, we had a big snowstorm and, and we went uh, up to one of the burns and they were all in the burn, hundreds and hundreds. So we had to pick them, pick them apart and make sure that all the bulls were, cause I just wanted to shoot, I wanted to shoot a really good representation of what I waited for, you know what I mean? Uh, even though they probably all taste awesome and you can't mm -hmm. eat the horns, I still, <laughs> you know, I just built it up in my head that like, this is my time. Mm -hmm. If I ever drop my tag, I'm gonna hunt every day, get up early, 
And by the end of it, I was taking naps in the middle of the day, like three hours, because I was just so beat down. And that's, I mean, it's tough, you know? And so I had, a, I had quite a few people hunt with me, but a lot of days I hunted by myself just, and I had people on call that if I shot something, they would come, you know, come help me. But I put uh, 2,800 miles on my truck. And every time somebody would say something, I had a lot of people saying, you know, we hunted over here, saw a big herd, decent bull, you might want to check it out, something might move in on them. And so I'd drive to the other side, you know, or I'd get text messages that say, or, or uh, um, Onyx map location pins, and you're just like, oh, I don't want to drive over there again. <laughs> but I ended up shooting a 6x6, six six, pretty, pretty good bull, so, yeah. uh, and it was really close too. Uh, service road, like four service roads, so. So it was easy to <sighs> much easier, haul out. Much easier. <laughs> Not as easy as the first one. Okay. But yeah, a lot of the other ones. <laughs> right I on the highway. <laughs> a lot of the other ones I just cringed because of all the work I would have to do and sure. have to beg somebody to come pack stuff out because here not a lot of people do it. You know, they take a four-wheeler in and drag it out or, you know. Yep. Hmm. This one was really close. So I... <laughs> I probably backed up. I came over the other side of the hill and knew that the road was over there, but I ended up driving around and backing up probably 75 yards um, and hooking them up and then pulling them out to the road. And by the time I got them, I had, I had legs tied to my truck because they're so huge. Mm -hmm. You can't, it's not like a deer. You can't just manhandle them. So they're I had massive. legs tied to my truck and stakes in the ground to do it. And by the time I got it gutted, then... Then my buddy showed up and we threw him in the back of uh, his truck. It took five of us, a lot of grunting, to get it in the back of a huge, and it had to be a huge Ford. So it was way taller than... Yeah, hauling it up that yeah. high. Oh, yeah. They're massive animals. Super They're so cool. massive. I guess, because you're, you're pretty young yet. How old are you? I'm 38. Okay. So do you have a... Maybe you're not even concerned about it. Do you have kind of like a legacy that you want? You, do you want people to remember you for something in particular? <sighs> or, do you, or is that not something you think about? Nah. I mean, I used to be super caught up with the big fish thing. And I still love catching big fish. Don't get me wrong. Um, I absolutely love it. But social media has taken it so far past what I ever expected it to, to ever come to mm -hmm. that it's, I don't want to say it's ruining it because it gets people excited when they see a giant fish coming out. And I post very few fish, you know, but when they see a giant fish come out, it, it pushes them to do it, which is a good but it also puts a lot of pressure on our younger kids that if they don't catch one that big, it's not worth it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yep. And I see it in the hunting side of it, too, with everybody's got to shoot a big, giant deer. And if they don't, well, you're not a hunter. Well, that, you know what I mean? So when I, when I started fishing, like I caught a couple brown trout that were, I caught one over 30. I caught one that was 33 inches. Um, and that's like a milestone that not very many people do especially in South Dakota. Um, and then I cut a brook trout that was like 
probably 22 or 23 inches, but probably had 16 inches of girth. In South and, Dakota? Yep. Holy in moly. In the Black Hills. Holy moly. And I got, and I got a video of it, <laughs> of me releasing it, and my hand is, is behind the fish, and my thumb doesn't even come over the top of the fish. It's just so <laughs> deep, you know? Oh, man. And so I used to get really caught up, and I wanted to do a YouTube channel, and and then it just kind of like, like I, I still like catching them, but I show the guys at the shop and I show up a couple of the regulars, um, you know, especially when somebody's having a bad day and I see them fishing in town or something. Say, like, hey man, I just caught this one a couple of weeks ago. Like you have something to look forward to. Um, it kind of, it kind of boosts them. And, you know, obviously it, it makes them look at me like that. That's awesome. You know, that's good. And that's, that's more than enough. Yeah. There's a couple of guys, well, same place, Kenny Lake, that I I live over there now. So I'm there a lot while well, I'm not now, but last year I was. Yeah. And he was flailing and he was catching fish. And then I went in there and threw streamers on some articulated stuff and like one cast, big men, two strips, hooked a fish that he had never even seen the size of before. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, you... He's like, I come here every night. And I said, well, here, get one of these. And he did. He came to the shop and, and got that streamer. And so he started catching fish. So like a couple, uh, probably two weeks later, same spot. That was a big rainbow. And um, nobody up there. And I hook into this brown trout on a way bigger articulated streamer. Uh, probably five inches, you know. And you're only fishing for one fish. Like, if you could even get a fish to look at it, that's sweet. <laughs> and I hooked a brown that was mid-20s and super girthy. And he shows up while in the middle of the fight. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, now he just <laughs> thinks it. He probably thinks I've been standing here for an hour waiting for him to show up. And fish <laughs> on the line. And he takes a picture of me. But it's the brightest buttery brown. Um, that you could even imagine, and it's so cool. Um, but he went almost full streamer crazy after that. <laughs> really? Because, you know, just because he'd seen it, and it and it worked, and he knew it worked, but... Do you think that's a progression that we have to go through? Because I, I agree with you. People, you know, it's like people just kind of start off like, oh, I just want to catch a fish, and then, you know, then I want to, oh, come on. <laughs> That's silly. Isn't it crazy? Oh, my god! You can gosh. see the bridge. You know oh, where it's yeah, at. Oh, yeah, you can see the bridge. So it's like... That is a toad, man. <laughs> that is a toad. Unbelievable. Oh, that's a behemoth. <laughs> what in the world? Oh, that's after they even put that new deal in, mm -hmm. too. Oh, jeez. Yeah. What in the world? So it's, it's a fun. great place. It is. It's such a great place to fish. And they and they don't like they don't stock there, but they stock that lake. Yep. And those fish can come out at leisure, you know. Um, yeah, they go in and out as they please. Yep. And it it's really cool because somebody can fish in the lake if that if that's what they want to do and park in the same parking lot as somebody that wants to go up and fish. Like we usually go up and fish the faster water up to, you know, at the riffles at the top where it's just little tiny pockets, mm -hmm. and we just hit that stuff, which nobody, there's no trail to it. Not a lot of people fish it. It's not a lot of fun to walk in, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of fish in there. Yeah. And then we can come back down and, 
and fish the big holes and stuff. And well, not a lot of people know how to fish it, too. Sure. And you see that faster stuff, and you think, there's fish can't sit in there. Oh, they can't. <laughs> but yeah, when, you, people when, think you, that ex- when you explain to them, or just when you show them, like, like, you know, when somebody walks by, what do you, what do you plan on catching? And then you just, you look up at the next spot, you're like, hold on one second. And you take a couple steps and you cast. And you hook one, even if it comes off, if they can see the fish, then they're just like, really? Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, man, fish are pointed. They don't, they don't take it's on just, current like we do. In fact, it's <laughs> easier for them to sit in stronger current yeah, almost than it is. Yeah, they don't have to do anything. They, it, it's easy for them. Just because it's fast on top doesn't mean behind that rock on the bottom, mm-hmm. it might be just slow. That might be the living room. It's That's slow right. and steady. Yeah. So... It is hard to convince people of that, though. You almost have to show them. You yep. have to show them that there's a fish could live there. And it happens on guided trips all the time where people get in, impatient just because they're on a time restriction and it's horrible. But if you can just show them, hey, do it like this, mend like this, and then you hook a fish, and you pull it in, you land it, and then you hand them the rod, there is no more determination than that next 10 minutes <laughs> you know, if they do the same thing and they hook another, it's game over. Like, mm-hmm. you just created a monster. So do you think people need to kind of go through that progression on their own? You can't you can't tell a kid that, you know, it's okay if you don't catch big fish. Right. Right? You can't tell someone that. They have to, they have, to have that experience and then come to this, because you were a big fish guy, and now mm-hmm. you're just, you know, you like to catch big fish, but it's not sure. consuming I can you. Go, I can go to... Spearfish on 85, and it's, yep. what, tw- 10 foot wide, and fish tiny, like, you know, three weights, or my tiny little Tinkara, and I can catch fish that are six inches long and be just as happy. Like, you know. But I, I think you need to get to that point. Yeah. You, you it, know, you have to get that phase. Uh, you can, I can tell you until, you, until I'm blue in the face that it's going it, to, it'll pass. It's just a phase. Sure. It's just as fun to catch 20, some people, those six I know a couple. I know a couple guys that are in their fifties that if if they're not going to catch, you know, a forty-inch pike or twenty-plus-inch uh, trout, they're 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 okay not fishing there. Oh, they're just okay. Okay. Um, and that's that's another thing. Like I don't like not catching fish. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter to me if it's small. Or, I just like you know I like catching them. I like, like fighting them and doing all that. So if 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 somebody were to ever come to me and say, well, I don't want to fish there. There's only six-pound bass. Like, where is this? <laughs> but, you know, I'll be there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They could say it's one-pound bass and I'll be there. Uh-huh. Um, but I know a couple of guys that are still in that, and that's fine. If that's, who they want to, that's what they want to pursue, if that's how they want to handle it, that's their own deal. Yeah. You didn't come out for white bass this year, did you? No. I know. Dude. Just... Dude. It was, it, was, it was insane this well, year. See, it was insane, some, and they were not. They were big white bass. Some people said, "You know, I should just listen to you." But we had a couple That's locals funny. go over there, and they're like, "We caught three fish in two days." Oh, you couldn't use weighted flies. There was, no weight. What do you mean shallow or just? No, they're just they. If you if you used weight, you weren't going to catch fish. They didn't like the. I don't know. Yeah, oh. they just wanted it just like this. Huh. Strip, strip, pause. Oh. Strip, strip, pause. And that, they'd take it on the pause every time. See, I never... Uh, I went with Don Polovich a couple times. Mm-hmm. And Don really gets into the, okay, take your fly off, pull a little bit of line out, and just flip it right here. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it, it, was, it was totally... It was 100% true. <laughs> where, like, I wanted to, like, make, like, a 30-foot cast. Uh-huh. 
big men and then strip, strip, strip and catch one. And he was just like, nope, you don't have to, nope, they're right here. He's yeah. funny too, though. He'll get into these things where, okay, I've got to walk out. I've got to walk out and I need to be lined up with that sign and then I need to cast toward that tree. Yeah. Like he's got, he's got this specific yeah. thing. And I was like, Don, they're, I mean, they're lined up in here. You can cast it over there and you're going to catch right. a fish. And I, I have fished with Don, you know, because he lives by Canyon Lake. Oh, okay. And that, you know, the, he lives on even a block from it. And so when him and Paul Stabile would come down all the time, I would, I would just hook fish after fish and they would laugh at me and you know do all that and I said here guys have one of the you know take one of these flies nah we're good <laughs> well you didn't you haven't caught one yet that's fine <laughs> like, and that's what that's what Don is man. yeah it's super is. cool you know he's just you know he yep. has his van yeah <laughs> if he catches one he's good if he doesn't it was beautiful saw some corn that was Knee high. It's like, <laughs> whoa. If I'm, if I'm traveling to pier, I want to catch the fish. <laughs> I don't know how many trips he's made to pier without catching. I'd like to know because you're he's right. Got, he writes it down. He comes out there, and if he doesn't catch a thing, oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, whatever. Went. I'm going to, I'll be back next week. <laughs> one, more, one more story. Yeah. So I went with, Paul Stabile is no longer with us. Oh, we miss him dearly. He was a Super, super nice guy. But I went with Paul and Don. And the first time I went with him, it was so windy that we were going to put our waders on. And I held them out, and the feet went straight out. Like, it was like a windsock. Where was this at? I was at the uh, was at Capitol Creek. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and so the guys look at me, and they're like, well, maybe we don't. Ah, heck, let's, let's try and so I put my waders on, and, and we get out there, and we start catching fish. We're catching them, like, all three of us, like, ten times have had fish on at the same time. And we do that for about two hours. And they're like, well, let's go to KFC and get some lunch. I'm just like, <laughs> well, huh? Like, we're just catching them. We're, like, ruining flies because we caught so many of them. You know, they just deteriorate. Yep. And they're like, they're going to be here when we get back. It's okay. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right. So we go to KFC and our waiters, eat some chicken, and we came back. We didn't catch another fish the rest of the day. <laughs> we fished there at Echo Point and in the, in the <laughs> marina and the tail race, and we couldn't buy a fish. <laughs> and they were just like, well, glad we caught this morning. <laughs> so it's like, jeez, God, what's going on? <laughs> so I guess maybe I, maybe I do have some growing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be okay with eating KFC in the middle of the day and not catching fish and the rest of the fish. day. Oh, and it was so windy on the way back that you know Don has a bit. Of, I don't know what the conversion van, and like it moves, and like he would steer into it, you know, <laughs> and whatever. And we were crossing lines, and I'm sitting in the middle in the back seat looking out the. <laughs> deal and I'm like I can see the middle line and then I can hear the rumble bars and he's just jamming along you know just chilling out and all these people that are passing are like I'm like what is this guy doing <laughs> him and him and Paul just were in their own little world oh, that's so cool <laughs> yeah Don is a fun guy to fish with super cool I wish I knew Paul I've heard some really good stories about Paul <sighs> from the from just guys in the hill just random guys sure just really funny stories. They're all really funny. 
He had Harold Fenhouse says some really funny Paul Stabile stories. Yeah, you know, he was he was just one of those guys. Like if I would have called Paul three a.m. said Paul, <laughs> drank a little too much. Cops got me down here at the station. <laughs> He'd be like, "How much do you need?" <laughs> that was just it. He wouldn't he wouldn't ask. You know, he wouldn't ever say anything. But huh. there's not a lot of people like like Paul. Or that were like Paul left, which is cool. And Don's one of them. And he would he would be he would be there too. He'd probably give me a little little talking to, but we get along good. Yeah, I like Don a lot. I like him a lot. What a good talk. I appreciate you doing this. This was yeah, fun. No problem. Thanks for taking the I time. Mean, it's a little easier than I thought. It's not that bad, is it? I don't know how many times I've seen um and like and. It no, it doesn't matter, and you haven't said it that often. Honestly, that's good. It doesn't matter though; it's all a part of it. Where, where would you be without working at Dakota Angler? Oh, like what is this place to you? Um. Wow, I went to I went to school. I went to college for collision refinishing and street rod technology, and worked in a body shop for. Well, roughly a year and decided that, that I didn't want anything to do with it and I still don't <laughs> uh, so I don't know it, that that would be crazy before that I, I couldn't go back to doing powerline stuff because she would she would leave me in a heartbeat mm-hmm. just because of the time away from home so what is this place like to you what is Dakota Angler and Outfitter is it well, it's it's home it's a family I mean No, and you know I'm I'm fairly young, so I haven't been able to work somewhere for, you know, ten years, and then go ten years somewhere else, and then ten years over there. But ten years it doesn't feel like ten years. Uh, the guiding side of it, uh, you see, you know, you you just handle so much, so many different scenarios during the year that it it feels like I've been guiding for ten years, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like I've I've known the guys for ten years. Like it's just. It's gone by pretty quick. Oh, so quick. Yeah. But everybody's super, super understanding here. Like, I took Saturday off. Like, I just, Sean off. <laughs> Needed it. Right. So, and I don't, it's supposed to be like 98 degrees and 21 hour wind, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But I kind of wanted to go see if I can get some smallies uh, off the riprap and stuff. But I should go cart fishing. I wish I had a bigger boat. <laughs> I can go to pier. <laughs> well, you don't want to be in pier right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going, man. Well, it's, the river's high. Well, unless the white bass were just a week ago, they were in big schools, like 50 to 100 fish, and you you could just, they're in the shallows, so you could just kind of cruise around and look for these big schools, and they were taking topwater stuff, so gurglers, wiggle minnows, poppers, and they would just jump over each other to get it. Really? It was just a big school of fish just trying like to eat this thing. Trying to eat. It was. It was like a it was like a you throw it out there and all of a sudden it just started bubbling. That's hard because you don't know if they actually ate it or if they just well landed on top of it and yeah. It's true and, and that's where your technique of just I mean you you don't even lift the rod until you strip that fish in about five <laughs> times. <laughs> so it but that was that was real it this has been the funnest white bass year for me since it's been a long time. Probably before the flood. Since before the flood, everything mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. And we've had good years since then. Like last year was good for me too. I caught hundreds of fish. 
but it just was different. Like well, what, this year, it's 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 what are different. What smallies like though? Like though, I, I always hear people say like, yeah, we caught some white bass, you know. But the, are the smallies there still? Yeah, they're small, and and in fact, they're they're even they're even more prominent this year than they usually are, especially like where the white bass are. Really? So you get a fish form a little bit different. You'll every once in a while you'll see one cruising, mm-hmm. and you cast to it and it'll eat. Sure. And, but otherwise, they're in the riprap and they're hanging up in the shallows and. But they'll take top water stuff, and I know I watched that tournament that they had the uh, Bassmaster Bass deal, yep. elite deal, and that was like there. Some of those guys were averaging four and a half pound fish. <laughs> that's so crazy, unbelievable. That's a, yeah, I mean, but that's, you know they're fishing different. They got their they've got their two big screens on the front, and they're just they're just putting around looking for fish. They're video gaming them. Yeah, they see them. Oh, yeah, uh, drop shot. Sure, got him. Go find another one, drop shot, got him. I mean, they're just looking for fish. Uh, and some guys could find them. And the guy that won it, he went to the same spot every day. And there were just four to five pound fish there every single day. Was that Mark? Was that Mark, Mark Daniels. Mark Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he caught them the, under the, by the 212 bridge every single day. My, my buddy went over there, and I really regret not going over there and just seeing... Seeing everything, because that's a whole different kind of... I mean, we fish, and we fish. And I, like, I can catch fish here, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm confident. But those guys go to every different place and do the same thing and constantly catch or, you know, try to catch big stuff. And most of the time they do. I mean, they do. They're not an elite series if they don't. Yep. So it'd be kind of cool to see. And if I... I mean, honestly, if somebody came in to me and said, I'll give you a boat... Thirty thousand dollars a year. Uh, go fish one of the amateur league. I'd probably do it. Oh, like yeah, I'd probably go there. <laughs> Just because you know. But I think it would also keep it spicy. When I failed, and I and I didn't do good enough, that I could come back here and be like, "This is what I want." You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it probably is going to be. You know, she want she'll go anywhere. She go. You want to go to Alaska? Let's go to Alaska. I can get a teaching job up there. Ain't no big deal. You know, and she doesn't even want to be a teacher here, but she'll go to Alaska and be a teacher. <laughs> you know, you want to go to Montana, go to Whitefish, go to Missoula somewhere. Yeah, and it's like so she's down, but I just can't leave, dude. Are you? Do you think you guys will leave? Because I don't know. Like it, it, sometimes I want to, but then, like our fish just like to eat, and a lot of people that have fished. All, I had a guy last there two years ago that fished Kamchatka, mm-hmm. and he said, "Dude, you got." You got something special here. I mean, this is suit, and he's fished everywhere, you know. And he said this is super special because we fished wild fish in the morning, and then big fish in the afternoon, and then the next day we fished hatchery fish and caught a ton of them that would eat mics and streamers that weren't even like you're stripping on top of the water and they were shooting <laughs> out like crane flies, you know, like uh-huh. chasing crane flies. Okay, you know, they yeah. just shoot out and belly flop back in. <laughs> and he's just like, this is crazy. You have everything that somebody could want. And the still water, like he really wanted to go fish out of the boat and fish still water real deep, like chronomid stuff. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. And my boat's pretty crappy. <laughs> you know? And he's like, ah, let's just go. Let's just go back up to Spearfish. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so. See, I've, yeah, so you get to meet a lot of cool people too. You Super know, cool. In your, in your job. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah, it would be hard to leave. I think for you know, just you have you do have it pretty good out here. And it's even it's even hard to go like to Wyoming and Montana anymore because mm-hmm. it's just like 
Well, that's where everyone else goes, too. Sure. But, I mean, you can get into some... Like, I really want to go to BC. That's... I want to go do... I really want to do bull trout. Oh. I really want to do bull trout and throw, you know, lemming-sized flies at them. (laughs) And (laughs) watch them just rocket out after them. Yeah. And then I would like to do, like, everybody else has done saltwater. I would like to do that, but there's so many other things I want to accomplish before. Because I know it's going to mess me up. Because, I mean, I have probably 15 rod reel combos in conventional now. And I have a four-foot by three-foot with planos that are full of everything you can think of, you know, medium, and they're all organized, medium <laughs> cranks, deep cranks, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, <laughs> swim baits, hard swim baits, soft swim baits. And, I, you know, I just always, whatever I do, I just go into it. And, like, my buddy that got me going, I got way more stuff than he does. And he's just like, dude, I'm just like, hey, man. But it's also tax deductible. <laughs> Part of the job. <laughs> yep. So what's the next thing? Like you said, you're mentioning you're throwing all these things out there. You got you have a bucket list, obviously. But you don't want to mess yourself up because, like you said, you dive into it. You're like you get into salt. Let's say you, you and that's all I'm gonna want. You to love do. to do salt. You're moving to Florida, or yeah. you're you know. It's just like like when I started Tenkara. That's all I fear. That's all you wanted to do. I didn't want to do it. You know, I didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. The amount, the amount of freedom that it gave me and the, the amount of places that I could fish that nobody else could touch just opened up huge. But then the Euro Nymphing came in and that kind of <laughs> stuff. And I still, I'm still not a huge fan uh, because you get so many false positives. Dragon bottom. Yeah. But, like, Hans does it and Ryan does it. And it's effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still okay going with it with my... Anyway. <laughs> Next is probably going to be, I really want to go do smallmouth and muskie in Wisconsin. Uh, Hans and Dave did it a few falls ago. Like river stuff? Or, yeah. Okay. Like drift boat. Yeah. Drift boat. And they hooked, they hooked a few and they all shook. Um, but I'd really like to go throw big flies for muskie and then. You could switch over, literally switch over rods when you see that big hole and throw a, a little gurgler or whatever for a smallmouth and just sure. you know, smack them too. Absolutely. That would, be, that would probably be number one right now. I would like to, I would like to give a really good day of carp fishing, um, but I want to do it like, I want to do it from a boat. You know what I mean? I want to do, like Hans and Ryan had a day on West Bend, when they're kick boats, that was like 20 plus fish day, and they just cast out a big hopper, and the fish would just <laughs> slurp it. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was just fighting after fighting after fighting. <laughs> I've never had an awesome day of carp fishing, okay, but I've caught two or three in a day. You know what I mean? But we don't. I mean, on this side, it's a little different. Like, I had one good day on the Cheyenne below Angostura, but that's creek fishing. Yeah, I mean, it's tiny. It is, and it's they're spooky and. Clear water and and then one day with Don at Orman, they were I took his kick boat out and you could toss like a size four grasshopper within ten feet of the little school and one would break off and just slurp it, but super super windy so you didn't even want to be out there and the whole thing is like <laughs> doing this, um, but I want to have a good day a really good day of carp fishing. Well, man, I appreciate it. Thank you. That was a fun conversation. Yeah.